This morning we chanted the fire sermon, the Aditya Pariyaya Sutta. In this uh, teaching, the, the Buddha is exploring the, the qualities of the six senses and the way that they are affected, impacted by raga, dosa, moha, by passion, aversion, delusion. Well, this is a way of contemplating the world, the world as experienced through eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. And in that short teaching, it only takes 15 minutes to recite, the Buddha very comprehensively, carefully covers every dimension of experience. The eye, visual objects, eye consciousness, the feelings that arise on account of eye consciousness, pleasant, painful, neutral. The whole perceptual process, the organ, the object, contact, feeling. Exploring every dimension of the experiential field, which means exploring the world, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, remembering, imagining, opinionating. Well, this is the world. Well, covering that whole range of the worlds, the world of perception. Pointing out how if the mind is affected by raga, dosa, moha, by passion, greed, aversion, delusion, then the whole thing is burning. Sabhang vikkave aditang. Everything is burning. All is burning. There's no cool place. Like uh, Lumpur Chao would say, if you pick up a red-hot iron ball, there's no, there's no cool place on it. It's all hot. Every aspect of it is hot. So too, the Buddha is saying, if the, the mind relates to the experience of the world, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking. With those qualities of raga, dosa, moha, then it's hot everywhere. It's painful, stressful, burdensome everywhere. So then, the halfway point of the sutta, which always... It's very striking, very powerful to me, just with these simple words, ewang pasang pikawe, ariyasavako, chakus mingpi nibintati. Oh, seeing thus, ewang pasang, seeing thus, the wise noble disciple, ariyasavako, becomes cool, dispassionate towards the eye, towards Rupa, visual objects, eye consciousness, eye contact, 
feelings arising from that, that contact. Pleasant, painful, neutral, interesting, threatening, boring. There's a coolness, a dispassion. And it all hinges on this quality of seeing thus, ewang pasang. That's what brings the whole process to completion. Seeing thus, there's nivita, nibindati, cools down. Doesn't try to pick up and take hold of that hot iron ball. It knows there's no cool place. Don't grasp it. The heart becomes dispassionate towards seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking. And then with that dispassion, the heart is released. When Lumpur Sumato speaks about trusting in awareness, reading these teachings, listening to these uh, Dhamma talks that he gave, collected together in the, that book, Don't Take Your Life Personally, over and over and over again, he's saying, trust in awareness, trust in awareness, trust in awareness. So that ewang pasang, seeing thus, that's exactly that, trusting in awareness. Letting go of the objects, the content of experience, the patterns of the world, These words that I'm saying, the feelings of your body, the mood, the emotions of your mind, memories, ideas, mental images, all of it. Trust in awareness means this is an emotion, this is a feeling in my back or my leg. This is the mind hearing a sound, understanding a word, not understanding a word, trying to hold on to the words, disagreeing with the words, believing in the words. When we trust in awareness, when there is that ewang pasang, seeing thus, then the heart knows the world, the jitta knows the world but is not in a state of identification, doesn't own the world. It's not my world, my mind, my feelings, my body, my life. There's no sense of ownership. There's no identity. I am my thoughts. I am these memories. I, I am these feelings. Now, when we hear those words from Lumpur Sumato, trust in awareness, in that moment that they're heard, maybe something in the heart goes, oh yeah, right, of course. Yes, 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 yes. It accords with our own intuitive wisdom. But then, a second later, the mind grasps. Aversion to a uncomfortable feeling in our body, 
seeing someone sitting nearby that we, we don't like, remembering something that we've got to do tomorrow. The world takes form, becomes solid. The hand grasps that red-hot iron ball once again. When we hear the words, trust in awareness, the heart knows, yeah, that's it. That's the whole thing. It all hinges on that. But the habits are so strong that a moment later, there's a rebirth born into a, a worry, a plan, an opinion, a sensation. Loving, hating, fearing, wanting. Born into abstractions, the mental creations of the mind. That to carry out, to really embody that practice of trusting in awareness, it takes a singleness of mind, a dedication of effort. A commitment. Because seeing that something is true is all well and good, but if that, if that only has power over the mind for a second, it's not very valuable doesn't help very much. So making that, uh, that insight, that understanding, be something that flourishes, that really develops, becomes an informing principle for our life in an ongoing way, it takes effort. The effort to see the habits of Liking, disliking, wanting, fearing, hoping, the habits of birth, habits of identification, wanting to be seen as somebody special, wanting to be understood or appreciated, wanting to be together and competent, wanting to be peaceful and calm, wise and skillful. Notice how the mind moves towards those ideals. Or things that we don't want, not wanting to be incompetent or clumsy, stupid, disrespected, rejected. Knowing those impulses of the mind as they take shape, when something occurs, you feel like, oh, I'm being rejected or I'm being disrespected. Nobody loves me. Can we notice that? Can we trust in awareness of that rather than be born into that? The emotional reactions we feel. Pleasure at getting what we want. Yes, that's it. This is so good. Or pain, it's the opposite. How dare he? Doesn't he know who I am? Who does she think she is? It's a rebirth, isn't it? Why is it always me? Why do I have to do it? That's not fair. I want some. I don't want to. You can't make me. Can we hear that? Can we feel that? There's different reactions of things that we like, things that we dislike, things that arouse opinions. Can we trust in awareness? Can we carry that through so that 
Like in this springtime, we see all these seeds that have been in the ground, the bulbs that have popped up and are now blossoming as daffodils and hyacinths and narcissi and primroses and all the leaves bursting out on the rose bushes and the flowers of the magnolia. They were the seeds of flowered, blossomed, producing their own seeds. So can that seed of insight, that recognition that, yeah, E Wang Pasang, seeing thus, everything falls into place. Can we let that seed take root, to flourish, to grow, to really blossom and produce its own abundance? Can we do that? Well, the way that's done, the way that's, that seed is supported in growing and blossoming is in the effort, the moment by moment, ongoing effort to trust in awareness. So when there's an emotional reaction, like, oh, I'm so happy to see you, it's so wonderful, this is so great, I'm so, <clears throat> I'm so delighted you're here, can we know that? I'm really worried, I've got so many things to do, I've got a long list of responsibilities, and I want to do this, I want to do that, I've really got to do this before I go there. Can we know that? Why is it always me? How come I've got to do this job? It's not fair. Why do I always get lumbered with this? Who decides these things? Can there be awareness of that? our own changing faculties as our hearing starts to go as we get older, our vision, having to wear glasses, not being able to recognize people, or recognizing people and not knowing what their names are. What's she called? I know I know her name. (sighs) Gone. How do we feel when the faculties fall apart? When you forget the words of the chanting. What does the mind do with that? Where you forget where you've left your your sandals. You lost your keys. How does that feel? As the aging process takes place, for those of us who are past the 50 mark, or past the 60 mark, or the 70 mark, (laughs) this becomes stronger, more important. The feeling of of not wanting to lose your power, not wanting to lose your importance, your ability, your mobility, feeling diminished by the lack of memory, blurry vision, poor hearing, wanting to negate that, pretend it's not there, shy away from that, that change. Just like in the reading that uh, Lumpur was referring to, meeting Father B. Griffiths, having just had a stroke, this great wise scholar and contemplative, written all sorts of authoritative books about the Upanishads and the Desert Fathers and the Gospels. And and, uh, after his stroke, it's all gone. Can't remember a thing. (laughs) Great relief. (laughs) 
Very happy to not be able to remember all those references and quote from the Vedas and the Upanishads and the Gospels and the Desert Fathers. <sighs> Thomas Aquinas is gone. Marvelous. <laughs> so that was wisdom. Great wisdom that uh, as the faculties change, rather than experiencing it as a sense of loss, just knowing it as nature doing its thing. Nothing's been lost. The heart is at ease as those faculties change. Those who are at the younger stages of life, where those kind of changes are not so apparent, there are different kinds of challenges. Restlessness of youth, wanting to go places, do things, make something of my life. How we respond to friendship, breaking of friendships, how we respond to leadership, being told what to do, or having to tell others what to do. All these different areas, each one of us has different particular tones and textures in our life. How we relate to our parents, our children, our sisters and brothers. All of us have particular patterns that rise up, uh, kama vipaka, the results of our own actions, our own living situation. So whatever those patterns might be, whether you're young and the, the beginning part of a monastic life, or you're a few decades into it, or as a layperson, older, younger. However it might be, bring attention to how the mind gets born. Make the effort to apply that trust in awareness. So that as those different likings and dislikings, the gratification of getting what you like, the despair of separation from what you like, make the effort. Bring attention to that. Trust in the awareness of that rather than buying into the, the content. That's the challenge, the task. Then the insight, that seed, can really bear great fruit, can bring great blessings. Uh, if we don't apply it, if that, effort, if that effort is not made, then the insight is there. When it's heard, it's like, yeah, that's true. Trust in awareness, yes. But then it's like a seed that's never planted, never fulfills its potential. It's a seed. There's a potential, a possibility there, but it never grows, never fulfills its potential. The Buddha said his is a path of effort, application. But when that, that effort is skillfully applied, guided by mindfulness, wisdom, then the results are great, this great fruit. Mahapala, great blessings, great benefit comes from that.